Well, I want to give honor and, and, and welcome to my sister Courtney back there, and that is my niece Laurel that we can all hear. We love babies around here. So welcome, Courtney. And then Lincoln, my nephew, is down in V, in, uh, in v Kids. I'm basically probably telling him how to do it. So um, that's the kind of kid he is. He's a, good, he's, he's a world changer. We also want to let everyone know in our church family that baby Lyson, did I say it right? What? I said it right. All right. Lyson has been born. Yelena and Simon's baby girl. I don't know her first name. I don't, probably don't even want to try it. Amari. Amari Lyson um, was born last Monday morning. She was by C-section, so we had a time on that around 7.30 in the morning or 6.30, something like that. And so just keep them in your prayers. But if you want to jump on the meal train, um, after service, come see um, Masha right over there. You can, you can uh, coordinate a meal for their family. So I just wanted to make, make you aware of that. We've got new babies all over. They're coming, they're coming. They're growing up in the church. They're being born physically and spiritually. It's good. God is good. Well, I'm on deck today, so let's pray. Ray, let, uh, direct your hands towards me. Father God, I thank you right now for this time of opening up your word. Holy Spirit, speak through me and in spite of me. Let my tongue be that of a ready writer. Lord, that I want to speak only what you want me to speak, how you want me to say it. Lord, everything that you've downloaded to me these past few weeks, help me to clearly communicate it to our body. I thank you for this family that you are building here in Northwest Arkansas. Lord, we want to be led by your Spirit. And Holy Spirit, you are welcome in this place. And you are acknowledged. And you, are, you, you, you have our permission to do whatever you want to do. In Jesus' name. And everyone said... Amen. And my new friend, Stephen, right over there, I want to give a shout out. I met him out in the lobby. This is a unique situation. If I could just put it out here. I mean, I've got the mic, right? Okay. So uh, our new friends, John and Tabitha. John was raised in, in, a, in an amazing uh, foster situation. And just on the other side of his lovely bride, Tabitha, is his foster mama who helped raise him. How many foster children have you been blessed to, to raise? Come on, Jesus. 84. Is Stephen 85? He's 84. And so you've got one of your older ones here on one side, and then you've got your current Stephen right there. Stephen? And you've adopted two of them. Thank you for doing that. Stephen, God's got your number, buddy. You're here on purpose. You have a purpose. And God's got great things in store for you. So keep both eyes, both eyes open, both ears open, and keep this closed a lot of the time. This is what gets us in trouble. But anyway, all right. So, so glad that everyone is here. I just, I love seeing this side of you. The last few months, I've seen the back side of your heads. Um, I've been down with our Vision Kids, helping to build that team up. It is growing. Uh, they're doing a tremendous job. And so um, if you want to jump on that train with me, just let me know after service. 
Well, as my son said, I'm Nicole Johnson, and I'm on deck today. My message today is going to be very practical. I'm a very practical girl. Um, I'll leave all the, all the deep theological conversation and, and pastoring to my wonderful husband. So any of your deep questions, just straight to him, okay? I'm a how-to kind of girl. And, and we raised our children, and um, I remember one night I was putting Zach, who at that time, he was at the age of Zachary. He was about five years old. I was putting him in bed one night or waking him up one morning, I don't remember, but it was in bed, and he goes, Mom, is God, can God, God's so big, right, I know. He said, can God make a rock so big that even he can't pick it up? And I said, you know, son, I think that's a question for your father. Why don't you go ask him? I mean, that kind of sounds like a geometry Bible question to me. You know, it's like one of those, what? And, and, and to me, I frankly don't care how fast the truck is going to arrive at its destination at 4.35 p.m. to intersect the train, pulling 83 cars attached, carrying 35.7 tons of chicken to be delivered at 3.15, at going south on CR-267 with a northern headwind of approximately 12.5 miles per hour. What color is the truck and how old is the driver? All I could care about is I'm gonna cook those chicken when I get at home and feed my family. That's the kind of practical person I am. So much so that I get in trouble sometimes when people are like doing this and I'm like, would you just, y'all need Jesus. You know, stuff like that, right? But, but that's how God talks to me. He's like, hey, here's my word, do it. Pretty simple, right? So let's do that this morning. The best how-to book, how do I live for God? How do I live for Jesus? How do I live unto Jesus? It's in the Bible. So I want to walk around doing what I believe the Bible says. If I want a fresh word from God, I need to read the Bible from God to me. And I have a confession to make. This is, might, might ruffle some feathers, but... I've changed the pronouns in the Bible. I know that's a hot topic right now, pronouns and changing, and you're like, she's gone woke on us. No, here's how I've changed the pronouns in the Bible. Instead of when it says you, meaning the masses, I say me and I, and I make it personalized to me. Because you know what? When we read, sometimes when we read the Bible, we think it's for them. I was having a conversation with my friend Barbara a couple weeks ago, and she was like, you know, we, we're talking about standards, keeping our standards high. I mean, the Bible, our standard, right? So we keep our standards high. But, but then we start thinking, well, I'm two, inches, I'm two inches higher than they are, so they need to get their act together because my standards are okay. Why are we comparing ourselves among ourselves? We're a fallen people. We need to compare ourselves to the Word of God. Now, this is not so unattainable that it's up there and we're down here. No. God has already made a way that we can walk in this. It's not difficult. It's not always easy, but it's simple. 
So let's get into the simple things of the gospel. He uses the simple things to confound the wise. Just saying. So let's get in to the word here. We, want to, we, we don't want to deflect instruction or discipline or correction because sometimes we even deflect promises when they're directed to us. So we need to read this to us. What do I mean? Well, here's an example. Exodus 23.1. Is, is that one for the screen? Exodus 23.1, we can read, you must not pass along false rumors. You must not cooperate with evil people by lying on the witness stand. Okay, that's for you. Or I can read it like this. I must not pass along false rumors. I must not cooperate with evil people by lying on the witness stand. What am I supposed to do versus what are you all going to do? That kind of personalizes it. That's what I mean by changing the pronoun there. And then Proverbs 17, 9. Whoever fosters love, I'll read it off here. Love prospers when a fault is forgiven, but dwelling on it separates close friends. That's the new living. This is what I think the passion says. Whoever fosters love covers over an offense. Or I could say, whenever I foster love, I cover over an offense. But if I repeat the matter, I separate close friends. I don't want to be in that position. It's okay if, if we're thinking you, but I know, and I know the words, that word means you. It is directed to me, but see, see how simple I think? And this message is for me because it's God speaking to me. You all just get to listen on what God's telling me and what, what, what he's helping me with. I'm not ace this, but you know what? I, that, that's what I'm working on. We're all working on something. So you may look at me and go, what's your problem? Just uh, God's working on something. God's working on something. It's not an excuse to stay the way I am. Okay? It reminds me of that, that time of error. You know, everybody wore the bracelets, WWJD. What would Jesus do? Well, it reminded me of a, of a, a mother of young boys and Alicia, you'll be able to identify with this. She was making breakfast one morning, cooking them pancakes, and they were arguing about who's going to get the first one. I want it, I want it, I want it. And, her, and the mom thought, this is a perfect time to explain and to teach, teachable moment, teach my boys about Jesus. What would Jesus do? So she took the time, she told them about, you know, what would Jesus do in this situation? And the little boys kind of, kind of calmed down a little bit. They were listening. And then mom went back to cooking. And then a few minutes later, the one, she heard one of, the, one of the brothers tell the other one, you be Jesus. <laughs> but you know, it shouldn't be what would Jesus do? Because that leaves it open to personal interpretation. What would Jesus do in this situation? Well, I think he would, and then, then we go on with, with our thinking. But one thing Tom Montgomery was sharing with us that Zach told him, that's how you know you've got a revelation is when you, when you can hear it, receive it, and walk it out. And Zach was saying, it's not so much what would Jesus do, it's what did Jesus do and do it. We have a whole record of what Jesus did. So why are we standing around wondering, what would Jesus do? We do what Jesus did, 
and then man. And sometimes it was hard. He didn't do everything easy, light and fluffy. He didn't whitewash things. He didn't sugarcoat things. He told it exactly the way it was. And sometimes we get in trouble, you know, with, with other people. But you know what? There's ways to say it. Don't get me wrong. You don't just roll over people and, you know, a bull in a china cabinet. Hear my heart. I know this is being recorded, so it's beyond the walls here. So it's not what, did, what would Jesus do, but it's what did Jesus do. But you may be asking, how do I live according to the Bible? How can I live unto Jesus? There's a difference between, between um, righteousness and holiness. Righteousness is what Jesus did for me. We overcome by the blood of the lamb. That's the work Jesus did for us. There's nothing that we can do beyond accepting him that will make us more right standing with God than we are right now because of the work Jesus did. We say yes to Jesus because he did the work. And when we say yes to him, he becomes, his righteousness becomes our robe, a robe of righteousness. If you have your Bibles, turn to Isaiah 61. And note takers are history makers. So if you're taking notes today, which I'm going to be throwing out some scriptures that won't be on the screen for later reading, um, take those notes and be a history maker. So Isaiah 61, this is so good. Who, who loves the word? Woo! I love the word. 61 verse 10. I am overwhelmed with joy in the Lord my God, for he has dressed me with the clothing of salvation. Here it is. And draped me in a robe of righteousness. Oh, come on. So salvation is a robe of righteousness, making us right standing with God. Pretty simple. Now, Another, another verse for, for those of you who are taking notes, read up on, uh, just hang out in Isaiah and Revelation if you want to know more about righteousness. But Isaiah 59, 17, and Isaiah 11, verse 5. Now, holiness is basically the second part of that verse we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. That's our part. Righteousness was Jesus' part. Holiness is our part. And you may think, holiness. My history memory of holiness is a bun on the top of your head. None of this what's going on up here right now. And, you know, you just look really holy and you're never happy. Well, that's not holiness. It's not rules and regulations. It's not man's opinion of the way you should look. And God forbid a woman be behind the, the pulpit with the word of God open. That's not part of it either. But you know what? God has anointed. He has poured out his spirit on all flesh. So that's why we do what we do. We can't keep quiet. So holiness are the choices that I choose to make. God said, be holy just as I am holy. Yes, we can be holy. Now, in the Passion, turn over to 1 Peter chapter 1. Oh, this is so good. 1 Peter chapter 1, and we're going to start with verse 14. 
I don't know if we've got that up on the screen in Passion or not. As God's obedient children, who's, are, who's obedient? And sometimes obedience makes, allows you, brings you into situations that hurt your heart. I was obedient 32 years ago when I myself made the decision not to marry the first person that I was engaged to. And that was not easy. But I was obedient. And the willing and obedient eat the good of the land. And I waited on God, even though there were tears and broken hearts. And I waited on God, and God's best came. And that's what we're believing for this young couple that are now individuals, now separated, and, but there wasn't a wedding, and we're, we're, we love them both, and, 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 and we pray for them both, but we also know that you've got to be obedient, got to be obedient, and people love love, but you don't have to live with that person because you didn't get married to that person, so we just are here to support and to love and to pray and support. Okay, getting back to 1 Peter 1, and you may think, how can Zach worship and lead us the way he does because he lives and gives out of the overflow. He worships at home, and if his heart is breaking right now, it's because he's able to worship. He sets, he sets his will aside, and he says, God, all for you. He's a man of no reputation, and I want to be a person of no reputation before God. All right, we're in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 14. As God's obedient children... Never again shape your lives by the desires that you followed when you didn't know better. You didn't know what you didn't know. Instead, oh, circle that word instead if your Bible says that. That's a great word. Instead, shape your lives to become like the Holy One who calls you. For Scripture said, you are to be holy because I am holy. There it is, right there. We can be holy because we allow the Holy Spirit to shape our lives. And the instead that's in there, we're going this way, but instead we need to go this way. When we're training young ones, instead of just saying, don't, 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 I used to say, instead of saying that word, let's do this word. So you're giving them the what to do. So in my Bible, whenever I see an instead, I circle it, because that reminds me, instead of going this way, go this way. Here's a great example of living holy, marriage. Marriage is what brings us together today. Those of you who understand that, right? Do we have the wing? I just had to go there. Okay, moving on. Marriage was not designed to make us ho uh, happy. Marriage, by its very nature, was designed to make us holy. I mean, think about it. By its very nature, God asked two selfish individuals. Well, let me go, let me churchify that. Two independent individuals to live under the same roof Till death do you part. That may be why women live longer than men. I don't know. But, but God, you know, God wants to take two independently selfish people and ask them to become 
selfless and become interdependent on one another. That's a great picture of holiness. And you choose to live together forever and always by the choices. It's a choice, right? It's not just a, well, this is easy. It's not always easy, but it's simple. It's a a choice every day to stay married. So that's the difference between holy and righteous. So how do we live unto Jesus? Well, I'm glad you asked. Only with the help of the Holy Spirit. This is not something that we can just do because we're good people. We cannot be good enough. So today I've been asked to share on the subject of Holy Spirit. Such an amazing topic and a person to talk about. We've been talking about Holy Spirit, and oh man, has he been happy and he showed up. He has been around. So here's some highlights just to recap. He is wisdom. Holy Spirit is wisdom. Who needs wisdom? Oh man, the word says, he who lacks wisdom, ooh, ooh, me, ask of God, and he, and he will give it. And Jesus said, I've got to go away so that the spirit of wisdom, the helper, the advocate, I'm getting ahead of my notes, but all these attributes that we need to walk and live and do is in because of the Holy Spirit. Um, uh, okay, I'm going to throw out, I'm going to kind of rapid fire some, some scriptures here. You can just write them down. But wisdom, Isaiah chapter 11, I, I put in my notes to read this out loud, so I'm going to read this one out loud. Isaiah chapter 11. <laughs> Isaiah chapter 11, verses 2 through 5. Oh, and the Spirit of the Lord will rest on him. Me. The Spirit of the Lord will rest on me. The Spirit of wisdom. Yes. And understanding. The spirit of counsel, he's our counselor. And the spirit of might, he's powerful. The spirit of knowledge, oh, Lord, give us wisdom beyond our knowledge. But sometimes we're just like, how do I figure this out? We need that. Not Holy Spirit, show me. If you ask my kids, we have a daughter, Rebecca, and our son, Zach. Who was your teacher in high school? They'll say, Holy Spirit. They homeschooled. We all three homeschooled with the help of the Holy Spirit, the knowledge, and the fear of the Lord. Verse 3, he will delight in obeying the Lord. He will not judge by appearance nor make a decision based on hearsay. Oh, well, she said, well, did you hear what he said? Don't base your decisions on he said, she said, they said. Go straight to the source and Holy Spirit will give you that wisdom. Verse four, he will give justice to the poor and make fair decisions for the exploited. I think I'm reading beyond where I was gonna go. Two through five, nope, here we go. The earth will shake at the force of his word and one breath from his mouth will destroy the wicked. He will wear righteousness like a belt and truth like an undergarment. Oh, go back to that verse four. And one breath, and Jesus breathed on them, and they were filled. In the, in the Hebrew Bible, the Hebrew translation of the Bible, 
in Genesis when God made man and he breathed on him, man became a speaking spirit. That's the Holy Spirit. So whenever you read about breath in here, that's the breath of God, that's the Holy Spirit. Oh, breathe on us. Breath of heaven. And we're going to close with that Touch of Heaven song. I had to write that one down. That was so good. Um, okay. Going, so, and we are, he's a wonderful counselor. He, let me jump up. He intercedes. Write this one down. Romans 8, 26 and 27. When we don't know how to pray, Holy Spirit will pray through us. He counsels. That's Isaiah chapter 11, verse 2. Is it okay if we talk about the Bible this morning? We are in church, right? A little Bible study going on. Um, Isaiah 11, 2 and Isaiah 9, verse 6. He'll be called the Wonderful Counselor, Almighty God. Oh, we can keep going on that. Oh, turn to John chapter 16. This is one of my favorite verses. I quote it a lot because it, it, get, it keeps us in our lane. This one will keep you in your lane. John chapter 16, verse 8 through 11, but I'm focusing on 8 right here. This is Holy Spirit. This is Jesus talking because it's in red right there. See, proof, Jesus is talking. Jesus says in verse 8, and when he, who is he? Is Jesus talking about himself as he? And when Holy Spirit comes, he, Holy Spirit, will convict the world of its sin. So that's not my job. The world knows. The world knows. When, when, when girls come to me for counsel, I don't have to tell them what they're doing wrong. They already know. That's why they're coming to me for counsel. We just need an instead. Give them an instead. Jesus is there instead. Do it this way instead. Because I'm quick to go, well, how's that working for you? You know, I mean, and sometimes I do say it because they think they're right and they keep making the wrong decisions. Well, how's that working out for you? Instead, let's do it God's way. So Holy Spirit will convict the world of its sin and, but he doesn't just leave them there, and of God's righteousness. So he convicts of sin and he convinces of righteousness. The work that Jesus did, put it on as a robe and don't ever take it off. Amen? So good. Um, and Holy Spirit has come to make us holy. That's 1 Corinthians verse six, uh, chapter 6, verse 11. Those are writing it down. 2 Corinthians 3, verse 18. We already talked about that he's our teacher. Here's a couple of references you can, you can look up. John 14, verse 26, and 1 John 2, 27, talks about how that he teaches us. If I'm going too fast, you can listen to this on Tuesday online and, and write it down, pause me, turn me off, whatever. He empowers. We're going to turn to this one, but here's a reference. Don't turn to this one. Acts 1, 8 and we will receive the Holy Ghost and power from on high. But turn to Romans 15. Yay, right here. 
Romans 15, verse 13. And it'll be on the screen, I believe. I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. Oh, that's a good one. He empowers us. That's, that's what we need. But you see, the Holy Spirit, we think, we think empowers. Sometimes we think he's going to possess us. And we just have a worldly mindset of being possessed. Holy Spirit is a gentleman. And he will only come when he's asked, acknowledged, and given permission. He is not a controlling, possessing spirit. He is a gift. So many times people get, 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 get kind of sideways on, on the, the, the outward evidence of speaking in tongues. They think, oh, I won't be able to control myself. And that'll just, that'll just kind of, I'll, I'll, I'll want to say something and it'll just be holding. They don't understand. It's, it, that's all under the subject of, of the person. I, I yield my, my tongue. I yield my, my spirit. I yield my mouth to him. He's not going to speak out of me. I have to be the speaker. So like whenever we have an altar call and we pray, just a little in-house teaching here, whenever we lay hands on someone, you have to be the one to speak it out. Holy Spirit isn't going to just go... It starts off, oh God, I thank you so much. I thank you for the gift. Lord, fill me. Oh yeah, See, I had to speak that out. He didn't just possess me and take over. He works with me. Isn't that amazing? That is so humbling. The creator of the universe has gets to work with human beings to get his message out. Oh, that's very, very humbling. Here's how wonderful and sweet the Holy Spirit is. These will be up on the screen. Proverbs chapter 1, verse 23. Holy Spirit is saying, come and listen to my counsel. I'll share my heart with you and make you wise. Oh, who doesn't want some of that? James 1.5, I talked about this a little later, or earlier. We're going to switch those pronouns. If I need wisdom, I will ask my generous God, and he will give him, the Holy Spirit, to me. Oh, I, I need wisdom, so I need the Holy Spirit. Proverbs 2, verse 33. But all who listen to me will live in peace. I must be reading out of the Passion. Untroubled by fear of harm. That's what the Holy Spirit says. I want to be, I want to live in peace, untroubled by fear of harm. Let be led by peace. Don't, we've, we've raised our kids. Let peace be your guide. Um, growing up, if there were activities that they were invited to, if they're going to go have a sleepover or have a sleepover or go to a roller skating thing or whatever, go to a movie or whatever, we would say, sure, let's do it. But, you know, closer to the time, if this didn't happen all the time, but if there was like a transportation issue or, or, or so-and-so is going to be there or, or this didn't work out or something, 
peace was kind of being, we were like, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. We're kind of losing the peace here. So you know what? Let's not do that because we have to go with what the peace says. And that taught our children, even though there might have been some, some disappointment, Stephen, when you don't get to do what you want to do, or there might have been some tears, because I don't understand, why can't I go do that? But we taught them through the hard times, you always go with the peace. You'll go out with joy and be led forth with peace. And that's what, how, how, how we have to do life. If we just say, Holy Spirit, help us, and then we just go and do it our own thing. He's like, you didn't take my counsel. Well, what? So the next time you come back, well, I'll listen this time. Thank God he's forgiving. And he'll say, okay, now, instead, let's do it like this. He's so loving, so loving. So living unto Jesus, living by the Spirit's power. We hear a lot about, about solar power. You know, well, my house is so powered by the sun. And we see vehicles driving around. This vehicle is powered by, by solar or by, you know, by, by natural gas. Well, I'm here to proclaim from the rooftops, I'm powered by the Holy Spirit. That's where my power comes from. You think, well, how can you do what you do? It's Jesus. Literally, it's the power of the Holy Spirit living inside of me. Do I get it right all the time? No, but you know what? I'm doing my best to be holy as he is holy by the choices that I make. Romans 8 Verse 11, the Spirit of God, and there's, there's power, there, there, there's word here, being powered by the Holy Spirit. Jesus was powered by the Holy Spirit. Jesus found himself without, uh, uh, without life. He made a choice to lay it down. Well, then he needed empowered by the Holy Spirit. So uh, Romans chapter 11, verse 8 says, The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in me. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give me life in my mortal body by this same Spirit living inside of me. I pray that prayer all the time. This is how you pray the word. When you're praying for somebody who is sick and needs strength, or it's yourself, whatever, whomever you're praying for, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in your mortal body, and he will quicken you just like he did Jesus. That's how you pray the word. Simple as that. Now jump down a few verses to verse 18. Romans 8, 14. 14. Romans 8, 14. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. We're talking about being led by the Spirit. Galatians 5.25. Now, this is in the Passion. So I'm going to read this. Galatians 5. Galatians 5.25, all the way down. All right. If the Spirit is the source of life, we must also allow the Spirit to direct every aspect of our lives. We just talked about the same Spirit in, empowered Jesus with life. That same Spirit empowers us with life. So if the Spirit is the source of my life, 
If I want to live by the Spirit, I must also allow the Spirit to direct every aspect of my life. How plain can you be? It'll take, it'll take me a lot. It, I don't want to confuse that by giving my opinion on that or trying to explain it. That needs no explanation. You got it? We got it. We're getting it. Galatians 5, jump up to 16. I know I'm kind of, man put chapter and verse to all this. But this is Paul teaching us, teaching the church. Galatians 5, 16 to 18. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your life. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desire, desires that are opposite of, uh, of what the sinful nature desires. Excuse me, I'm, I'm messing this up. Um, verse 17 again. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are opposite of what the sinful nature desires. So you may think, is what I desire from God? If it's good and it's, and it's going to move you forward in the calling that God has for you and you enjoy doing that thing to bless somebody else, then yes, that's a desire from the Holy Spirit. Simple as that. I'm running out of time. Let me jump down. How do we know we are being filled and are continuing to be filled with the Holy Spirit? It is so much bigger and greater than simply speaking with tongues of men and of angels. First Corinthians 13, we all know that verse, God, you know, love. If I speak with the tongue so eloquently and, and prophesy and give my body to be burned and give all of my things away, and, but if I don't have love, it's, it's for nothing. So a couple of weeks ago when Phil had asked me to, to bring a word on the Holy Spirit specifically, it was a Wednesday night time, that we now meet here at the Jones Center, Wednesday night, 6.30, we're in room 228 down the hall, so come. Uh, you don't have to come in this entrance, come around that side of the building, but it, it just dropped in me, the fruit of the Spirit, fruit of the Spirit, and that's happened to be what Vision Kids has is, is been t- talking about these past few weeks, too. So the message title today is Fruit of the Spirit, so I finally got to my title, and here we go. But it's the, it's the, I want to I focus really quick on the robbers of the fruit of the Spirit, fruit robbers. And that's what is in, because I'm not in, right now I'm not in Galatians, as you can tell. We're not into the fruit of the Spirit yet. But let's go to 1 Corinthians 13, and that's going to show you what the opposite, you're like, wait a minute, wait a minute, that's the love chapter. How can that be the opposite of the fruit of the Spirit? It lists them. Number one, God is love. We know that. We're going to pick up in verse four because of time. But I'm going to exchange the word love with I. I am patient and kind. I am not jealous. There's a fruit robber right there. The opposite of jealousy and evil is goodness. I'm not jealous, so that means I am Goodness. I am not boastful. That's evil. The opposite is also goodness. 
I am not proud or rude. What's the fruit? I am kind. I do not demand my own way. That's abrasive and harsh. What's the opposite? Gentleness, the fruit. I am not irritable or anxious. What is the fruit? Peaceful. I keep no record of being wronged. That's offense. I had a friend who told me, you know, because she, she was hearing another friend talk about and regurgitate something that had happened. And she goes, you know what, honey? Yesterday ended at midnight. I went, oh, that's a good one. I'm going to write that one down. So when you're dealing with offense, you need the, the truth. You want to hear the truth, know the truth, because the truth sets you free. I do not rejoice about injustice, but I rejoice whenever the truth wins out. I don't know if we're in the same. Yeah, we're in the same translation. I never give up, which could be despair. What's the opposite? Joy. I don't want to have despair. I want to have joy. We are not a people without hope. Joy comes in the morning. I never lose faith. What's the fruit? Faithfulness. I am always hopeful. And I endure through every circumstance. That's self-control discipline. See how the fruit robbers are in 1 Corinthians 13. We don't want to be those things, but those things rob us of our fruit. Now let's jump over, and Rebecca, I'm ready for you, girl. The fruit of the Spirit, Galatians 5.22. This is going to be really deep, so sharpen your pencil. Galatians 5.22. You see, I really don't need to explain what love is. You know what love is. What it looks like, sounds like, our tone, how we say things. What it smells like, what does love smell like? A good meal for your family. What it looks like, what does it look like? A clean house, an orderly workspace for others that it affects. It'll be amazing what it does to you. But see, love spills over to others. So you know what love is, so just be it. You know what joy is, and it's not happiness. But you know what joy is, Jesus, others, and then you. What a wonderful way to spell joy. So be it. You know what peace is, because you sure know what peace isn't. Yeah. When I used to be, a, a, back in 100 years ago, when I was a principal in Austin, Texas, I had a lot of children come, not a lot, but I would occasionally have a child come to my office for some discipline and correction, and their parents would come with them. It was a Christian school, so we taught everything Christian biblical values. And I would ask them before they did something, you know, maybe they hit another student or they, you know, dog ate their homework or whatever. I would number one ask them, did you make your bed this morning? And their mom would be like, well, I, I didn't quite get to it. I'm like, I didn't ask you. You didn't sleep in their bed. Did you 
make their bed. Did you make your bed this morning? And they're like, that has nothing to do with it. I said, that has everything to do with everything for the rest of the day. When you make your bed, you set your day up for the whole day. It's responsibility. Anyway, that was a side note. But I would ask them, right before you did your infraction, whatever it was, what did you hear on the inside? And I was teaching them to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. Because I guarantee you, every single person, no matter how righteous or checkered your past is, we heard what the Holy Spirit said before we did it. Right or wrong? Before we t took it, it was like, don't do, it, don't do it, don't do it. He was speaking to us, wasn't he, Stephen? Holy Spirit's talking to us all the time. We're hearing him, but are we obeying him? That's that's the, the sign of maturity. Are we doing what Holy Spirit's telling us to do? Leading us. So you know what peace is, live in it. You know what patience is, just be it. Be patient. My husband right now, his vehicle, the horn's not working. And he goes, you know what? This makes me look like the kindest person in the world when I'm driving because he can't honk at anybody. So if we pass him, we're waving, we're waving, but you know, you know, anyway. You know what kindness is, so be kind. You know what goodness is, and if you don't, find somebody who's good and emulate them. And if you know them, even ask, say, hey, can, can you mentor me? And just do life. Even if you don't even have to ask them to mentor you, just do what they do. If they're good and they're do, they do good acts, do what they do. There's nothing new under the sun. If they have a good idea, use their idea and do it again. I've never had a good idea in my life, but Holy Spirit has. And when we do His good idea, it makes, it, it makes us look good. It's not me, it's Holy Spirit. You know what faithfulness is, so become faithful. Oh, don't even get me started on faithfulness. If Tommy was here, and he was, he's like, oh, don't even. But I'm talking, I'm seeing the faithful. But this is for the people who are listening, who couldn't make it today. Now, I understand we've got a lot of people out on vacation, and I tell them, when you go on vacation, I really miss you. But when I go on vacation, I don't miss you so much. <laughs> I love you guys. You know what gentleness looks like, so be gentle. Be gentle. Just be these things. And you know what self-control looks like, so be disciplined. I was recently reading a, a new book on my, on my nightstand, one of like three books I've got going on. And it had nothing to do with any of this, but she made a statement. And she said, my frustration led to my determination. That's all I needed in an area of my life. And I said, there's my word from God right there. So be disciplined. When you get frustrated enough, let it turn you into to, to determination. You know, you celebrate what you tolerate. So don't tolerate it anymore. Don't be frustrated anymore. Just, just 
Instead, be disciplined. Just to refresh you on what we read earlier in Galatians 5.25, since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Can we bow our heads right there? You're here today and you're like, you know, I need a fresh touch. I want more. It's been too easy. I need more love. I need more joy. It's been eking out of me. I need more peace. I need patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Wow. There was a verse in here. I did not even read it. Oh, it's right here. It's, it's, a, it's one of my favorite ones. I don't even see it in my notes, but I'm just pulling it up anyway. Psalms chapter 1. This is for all of us. Verse 3. And I'm going to personalize it. I am like a tree planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit each season. My leaves never wither, and I prosper in all I do. Wait a minute. I'm in a dry season. You don't have to be in a dry season. Get planted in the house of God by rivers of living water. So you are bearing fruit in every season. Not just so, well, you know, oranges are out now, or, you know, it's apple season. It should be fruit season every season of your life. And what fruit is that? I, I'm listing them. That, that's what Holy Spirit brought me back to there. I'm listing them. Love, joy, peace, patience. We should be bearing these all the time. And we need to do life on the offensive, not the defensive. Zach, was to, he told me this last night or this morning. He goes, you know, we're not living on a cruise ship. We're a battleship. And a battleship is strategic. We get our orders and we go and we do. We don't cruise through life haphazardly. We do life on purpose. And we do life with Holy Spirit leading us in every part of our lives. Could we all stand, please? The Word also says in James to draw near to me and I will draw near to you. So we're going to sing this song, A Touch of Heaven. Holy Spirit, just breathe your new life on us. But what I want us to do is I want us to come down to the altar, position yourself in a different place so that you're not comfortable, and say, God, I want more. And ask Him for whatever you have need of. If it's wisdom, if it's knowledge, if it's the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience. You may be walking through something right now that is just heartbreaking. And you need love. Love is a fruit of the Spirit, and you need more of that. So right now, the, the, the altars are open to come and receive. Come and receive what Holy Spirit has for us.
as we worship.